You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Well, just imagine being paid to look for Bigfoot. Like, I, I honestly, I have so much respect for somebody that can make a living out of that. It's like, it's like getting paid off GoFundMe to just park your semi in the middle of a city. <laughs> some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I guess depending where you are in Canada, it's the family day long weekend. If you're in America, I don't think there is a long weekend. But if you're having a long weekend, I hope it's a good one so far. Uh, Brazilian Ty here, Travis Cura. Ty, I wanted to ask you... <laughs> Some guilty pleasure TV shows that you put on no matter what. I mean, the, the news has been pretty entertaining over the past 48 hours. But other than that, what, what do you got? Um, usually Sunday mornings is Northwood's Law. Oh, uh, I love right? that show. I mean, it's, just, it's just so good. Uh, I'm a masochist, <laughs> so Oiler Games. Uh, and I, everybody, the first five seasons of Everybody, Love Ray- everybody Loves Raymond came on Netflix, what, a month ago? And I'm on like the fifth time through. It just plays in the background. <laughs> I love it. I love it. For me, and uh, the recording of this podcast almost didn't happen because I sat down mm-hmm. and on Discovery Tour was Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah, it, you, it's just pot farmers building their own feet and scaring the immigrant workers to stay on the farms. You know that, right? Well, just imagine being paid... To look for Bigfoot. Like, I, I honestly, I have so much respect for somebody that can make a living out of that. It's like, it's like getting paid off GoFundMe to just park your semi in the middle of a city. <laughs> there it goes. In the Huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out Podcast. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power. Here's the deal. A lot of people I know getting shocked with the the bill this time around with gas and power. I was actually okay because with Park Power, I switched to the fixed rate back in the summer. And I, I think my bill was like 20 bucks more or something like that. And do, I'm do okay with Do you even turn that. on the furnace in the winter? Well, I keep it at a nice 21 degrees. And, oh, that's uh, warmer than me. <laughs> doesn't fire up that often living in the condo but when it was you know minus 45 minus 50 I, I i did okay and that's the beauty of living in alberta sometimes you get to choose who to buy your internet electricity and natural gas from park power is low overhead which in turn allows them to offer you low competitive rates you can reach out for no obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca and if you decide to switch it's easy it's really just a change to your billing and you can feel good knowing you're helping give back to our communities with your utilities bills learn more at parkpower.ca and yeah switching to the fixed rate 
was really easy. Just go on the website, choose what rate you want, and you're good to go with Park Power. A lot of news what, over the it, last What's it like well. having a power company that actually checks your meter? <laughs> it's, I guess, great. I mean, yeah. how, how are things going with you? <laughs> oh, I've been paying estimates for 14 months. It's been awesome. Wow. I eventually just got a picture and sent it in because I don't, I don't know why they can't do it themselves, but whatever. I digress. Well, when they got great people like you, then uh, they, they, that's why they don't have to do it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it Free at that. agency has opened since our last recording. And, man, a lot has happened. That is where we are in the Canadian Football League right now. It is the climate of the, the CFL. And if there was one team that kind of stole the show, it was the Ottawa Red Blacks tie. And they had to. I mean, that. I mean, it's hard to rebuild. You don't have, you know, the, the three, four, five-year deals for players. Uh, a lot of teams, they you have to rebuild uh, in in a year or two. You have to make big steps, and usually that's through free agency. And, and Ottawa went out and did what they had to do to rebuild that team because the last couple of years have been uh, pretty pretty bleak in Ottawa. Well, there's a couple of ways to rebuild. You can go the mm-hmm. Winnipeg route who basically kind of looked at what Calgary did and then kind of copy that. Although I, I think we all need to acknowledge that Winnipeg got kind of lucky with the quarterback situation. Yeah. <laughs> the Calgary, they seem to just find their guys. And Winnipeg, they kind of bought a lottery ticket with Zach Caleros. And, kind and of now a, he's the highest paid guy in the yeah. league. Yeah. A calculated risk, knowing uh, the the offensive line they had in front of him, and uh, mm-hmm. it kind of worked out that way. I'm sure Bomber fans would still like them to somehow, you know, find their next guy from within and develop and uh, recruit and make that happen. But that is easier said than done in the CFL. As far as we go with the Red Blacks, they, they've kind of rebuilt everything and the the positions i point to are kind of canadian talent in general uh the receiving core and the offensive line three veterans they're bringing in and hunter stewart yukambre williams darius sirocco well i guess you can add jacob ruby to the list Mm -hmm. an entirely new offensive line and i kind of and there were some people within you know ottawa's fan base that kind of thought maybe Caleb Evans would have done okay behind a new offensive line, a running game, and Mm -hmm. a new receiving core. But Jeremiah Mazzoli has to be happy to see what (laughs) they're building around him. Well, and we talk about it lots where, you know, a bad O-line play or, you know, a team that doesn't or that hasn't put the money into the O-line, they seem to struggle. And that's exactly what Ottawa had last year. Uh, And another team we will get into, I'm sure, later. But... You know, you come in with these, you call them four veterans, and you give your offensive line a completely new look. And mm-hmm. you add in Jeremiah Masoli and, and the other additions they've made at receiver and bring in William Powell, the offense has a totally different look to it now. Yeah, they're a completely different team here. And I look at the Canadian talent they've signed, Kwaku Boateng, mm-hmm. a defensive end, a big receiver that spent years with Toronto, Levi Noel, Shaq Johnson spent years with 
uh, BC and Jackson Bennett out of Hamilton, who I, I believe came out of university as a DB, but they had him doing running back stuff uh, with the Ticats along with some special team stuff. So there is some great Canadian talent mm-hmm. in there, but also some veterans in Darvin Adams, years with the Bombers, B.J. Cunningham, years with the Alouettes and some DBs and Tremaine Washington, the interception leader last year with the Elks, Money Hunter, who spent time with Edmonton, Montreal, Davon Coleman on the defensive line is coming back, Jalen Acklin in the receiving core, William Powell. (laughs) Yeah, Patrick, like there's a lot of veterans here, so you Mm -hmm. can rebuild through free agency or you can do it the slow way like winnipeg has but ottawa kind of electing to go the the toronto route of last year where they were signing everybody and they ended up winning the east yeah and then i'm sure they're gonna have to deal with suspensions and whatnot to start the year (laughs) yeah they will they also made some uh, big signings this offseason as well. But th- this does this signal a change in Ottawa? I mean, there was a lot of mm-hmm. kind of thinking that Oseg was tightening the purse strings a little bit on Marcel Desjardins. And now you get Sean Burke in at general manager and they're throwing money all over the place. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it all started with Desjardins being... Just uh, seemed like he was spending money on guys that he shouldn't have been paying for or paying that much, and, and it and he claimed it was because of Oseg, and it obviously wasn't. Yeah, it obviously wasn't because they're spending money like it's going out of style. So um, yeah. they know Oseg knows that they've seen it in the league. You got to pay. You, you ha- you're going to have to pay free agents to come. Uh, to any team, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be up near the cap to compete, or in Chris Jones's case, over the cap and try to hide it. But if you, you can't, <laughs> it, it's not it's not the NHL where you can have a lineup with you know seven rookies making the minimum, and get them to yeah. contribute, and you know you can wait three years to 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 start winning. You have you have to win in a year or two because guys are gonna leave. Well, let's. Talk about Chris Jones. The Edmonton Elks have been in the news a lot lately as well as they bring in the leading receiver of 2021. Kenny the King Lawler is going to Edmonton for $300,000. That is, that's a crazy salary for a receiver, Ty. ridiculous. I would not have paid that. He's obviously the highest receiver in the CFL. Hey, I love Kenny the King. Good for him making the money. There was a bidding war between BC and Edmonton. Jones wins the bidding war. and Man, he, he actually might make more than the quarterback. <laughs> but yeah. Lawler's making coin, man. Wow. And, and we saw this two years ago with the QBs and them getting you know paid too much money. Yeah, and now we yeah. see with the receivers with Lawler and and uh, Duke, like in two years, it's going to be another position, or or GMs are going to have to figure out like we can't pay somebody other than a quarterback, really, you know, over that three hundred grant three hundred thousand dollars because it just it decimates the rest of your roster. Now, I mean, you got Dion Lacey and Mac Henry and Jalen Marshall and and some other guys. And added them in, 
along with a questionable DB signing. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like it's when when this year because I, I just don't see that being sustainable. Because if your quarterbacks get better, let's say Taylor Cornelius takes a step and he becomes your starter, which is completely possible with Chris Jones, who knows what's going to happen at that position. It is possible. You're gonna yeah. you got to have space there to, re, to to pay him. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, they also bring in Mark Corte and make him the highest mm-hmm. paid offensive lineman in the yeah. CFL. And I think overall, there there were some teams, fan bases, kind of hoping that they'd be able to shore up the OL. But it just didn't look like that there was much of a market for offensive linemen this year. It just worked out that it went towards uh, the receivers. So yeah. they've got the highest paid receiver. They've got the highest paid offensive lineman Chris Jones is he's making it happen he's making it happen but there are some receivers that haven't played for several years I can't see them making all that much money they're bringing Mm -hmm. in a guy like Toby Antigua who his best years came with the Chris Jones defense in Saskatchewan and he seems like the only kind of DC that was able to utilize him. He was playing just about every position with Saskatchewan, so I, yeah. I don't think he comes that expensive. And Stefan Charles at defensive tackle, maybe they're paying him, but you got to mention <laughs> Chris Jones renewing that relationship with Deron Carter as they sign him as a defensive back. Do, do, do they sign him as a DB because they can get him for cheaper? And then week three or four, somebody goes down and he's playing receiver. Well, I kind of wonder if that's part of it. And also the fact that he'll be in the defensive room with Chris Jones on a daily basis. So he can kind of keep his ass in line, kind of manage that situation. And I I truly think Duran liked playing DB. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. Hey, he hasn't played for a while either, so I, I can't see him getting the big salary like some of the other guys either. No, I, I, I wouldn't. Ex- I wouldn't expect him to be paid as like a top DB. Uh, but I mean, with name recognition comes some dollar signs, I'm sure. Yeah, I just kind of want to fast forward to see how that relationship will end because we know it will. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. It's not going to end well. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, is it gonna? Are we gonna have a happy ending here? I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's a family show. <laughs> the uh, Elks are also making some off-season news, and I have to say, the new president there, Victor Kui, is—he's working around the clock to mm-hmm. engage the city, to engage the fan base, and they're launching it. Family Day Monday for 72 hours. A limited number of $99 season seats. It's something they've done in the past, I believe, for youth tickets. Now it looks like these are available to everyone. And, Ty, we did have the conversation uh, before we hit the record button. It's kind of like the the cable companies that will give a you know a 55-inch HD TV to new customers, but the old customers, well, they don't get anything. But yep. <laughs> as far Other as I know... Other than terrible customer service. <laughs> it looks like the old customers, from what I've seen, remember 
when they got their first season seats to watch CFL football in Edmonton, and this is something that hooked them. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's a great idea, and they've got 55,000 seats to play with, so why not use them? Yeah. I, it just it kind of sucks for the people that have been there for, you know, 30 years. They're not getting any break. Uh, I do understand, though, you, you know, that $99 for nine home games and a preseason game and a playoff game, get butts in the seats, and, and maybe people renew. Um Ten bucks you know, a game, like wow. Ten, yeah, you can't really go wrong with that. Uh, if you can take, you know, mom and dad can take two kids for forty bucks a night, my, plus food and drink. Like, I mean, it's not not that bad. Get more eyes and more butts in the seats. I totally understand that, but I equate it. Yeah, like you said, the cable companies are the same thing happening at the golf club, where you know, first time season, first time membership was like four hundred dollars cheaper than the guys who had been there for twenty years. And there was almost a mutiny. Um, I don't. I don't foresee that happening. But I, I. I just find it odd that there's no, nothing has been announced or anything for you know those the long term seat holders. That is almost cheaper than going to a movie. Well, pretty much is cheaper than going to yeah. a, a movie these days. So for Family Day, it's a it's a great way to get families into the seats at Commonwealth Stadium, and I, I love what they're also doing here in October, the green and gold double header. So what's going to happen October 15th at Commonwealth stadium at noon, it is going to be the U of a golden bears taking on the UFC dinos. And then the Elks are going to play the Argos at five o'clock. This, this is great. I I don't know if there's any Mm -hmm. other way to put it, maybe they're going to start teaming up with some of the junior football teams in the area as well. But being able to watch U Sports and CFL in the same stadium on the same day, uh, I hope the rest of the league starts to do things like this. I, I just love this from front to back, man. Yeah, I mean, if you could get a junior game in there and do a whole like football day, uh, yeah, I think that's the only way you can make it better. Uh, you know. After after that U of A game, go out in the parking lot and drink some pops. Stumble back <laughs> into your seat for the for the Elks game, and and it's just a full day at the stadium. And it sounds awesome. All right, let's talk about the Tie Cats. Who I I mean, in comparison to some of the the past couple teams, a little bit quiet. But I, I think that's what we see from successful organizations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, consistency. Winnipeg, Hamilton, Calgary, and I know Hamilton hasn't re- really been able to get the ring and and make it happen, but as far as the Eastern Division goes, they've been uh, kind of the model of consistency a little bit here. So, yeah, they, they made their decision to go with Dane Evans, and they're bringing in Matt Schiltz from Montreal to be the uh, backup to Dane Evans, and I think that's a pretty good one-two punch at quarterback. Schiltz came in at times, mm-hmm. and... This past uh, Labor season, Day weekend. Yeah. Like when he stepped in for Vernon Adams Jr., he's got some CFL experience. So I think it's a pretty good move mm-hmm. here. Absolutely. And I mean, you, you, we all knew that both Dane and Jeremiah wouldn't be back. Uh, is Matt Schiltz ready to be a starter full-fledged? Probably not. Um, I mean, he hasn't got a lot of looks. And it does – at some point you have to get reps to know. Uh, but I mean – in an emergency situation, I for a backup, I mean, I, I don't know if there is a better option. 
right now in the CFL. I mean, you look at, yeah, Trevor Harris, but I mean, you could argue Trevor Harris could probably still be a starter. Uh, you know, between Dane and Jeremiah, you couldn't really call one of them a backup. It was just one of those things. If if, if Bo goes down, maybe Jake Mayer. Uh, but if Fajardo goes down, do you have any faith in the Riders' backup? Like it's just one of those things where this is gives them that security blanket in case something does happen. Now they've been able to sign a couple DBs here: one in Alden Darby and one in Richard Leonard. Darby originally, it, it appeared, was going to go to. Ottawa and then it had a change of heart and, and ended up going to Hamilton there and Leonard coming back I guess from from Calgary the defensive back group in in Hamilton it's still good man Tunde Adelike, Cariel Brooks, Alden Darby, Siante Evans, uh, Richard Leonard they re-signed Jamal Roll they got a really good group there and mm-hmm. you combine that with the defensive line which now includes Micah Johnson, Ted Laurent, and Dylan Wynn? Are you kidding me? The, that's what I said two weeks ago, is it not? <laughs> you did. I I don't know. Yeah, if everybody Wynn... thought I was crazy, and yet here we are. They're just going <laughs> to rotate. They're going to be like they're going to give offensive lines absolute fits. I, I wonder if they're going to have Wynn kind of at. A defensive end once in a while, but maybe just to give different looks. But I, I just don't see him playing defensive end. Just, I'm not trying to short yardage against these guys. No, I'm not. I'm not running against Hamilton. I, you can't. Yeah, pick your poison. Their their run defense was it was good last year before the addition of mm-hmm. uh, Micah Johnson and I know that Jakara Davis is off to Toronto but but still that that is a that is a crazy group and they bring in JR Tavai who was in BC last year and then in 2019 he was with Ottawa I I think he's got potential in yeah. the CFL as well they're staying at the best I think defensive line or one of the top one or two D lines in the CFL as far as offensive line goes, Hamilton was a team that they took a while to get going in 2021. Uh, Chris Van Zyl started the year injured, uh, and now they lose Darius Siraco to Ottawa, but they bring in Alex Fontana, who uh, spent time with Ottawa here. I, I wonder if Ticat fans are hoping there's going to be a couple new re- recruits there up front in the offense. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I don't think that offensive line play for Hamilton last year was kind of the issue early, or like you know for their slow start. I mean, it didn't help, but I think it was just you know a year off and like you said, yeah, Benzal Benzal was injured. Like they had a rookie center. Uh, it takes it takes a couple games to get everything going. Um, I don't I don't think they had to rebuild it per se, but I mean you know losing. The guy, the guys that they have. I mean, Fontana comes in. I don't see a lot wrong with their offensive line. I don't see a lot wrong with Hamilton at all, really. And like you said, just they didn't have to make a lot of big splashes. They didn't have to make a lot of moves in free agency, and and they just stay consistent. Um, do they need to maybe make sure they 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 obviously have to make sure they have depth or, or uh, a contingency plan if something goes wrong or 
you know, guys that are able to step in in the in that role in a year or two. But I think for for a one year shot here kind of thing, I, I just don't see Johnson, Laurent, and Wind staying together for more than a year. Uh, yeah. you know, one kind of one last kick at the can here for a Grey Cup run, uh, and then you know look at it in the off season because you're getting it again in in 2023. But I think for 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 one year, I, I just don't see a lot of issues with that offensive line. Yeah, I think it's just the left tackle position that took a yeah. while to get going uh, last year. Well, it's not like they still have Tony have... Washington playing left tackle, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> You've still got strong Canadians in Fontana, Gibbon, Revenberg, yeah. and of course Van Zyl. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that that part of the team gets off to a better. And if they got off to a better start last year, they might have finished first. They probably in, host the East final. The East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I not that it mattered. I, I kind of no, exactly. I kind of thought that maybe they'd be losing one or two of Sean Thomas Erlington and Malik Irons, Canadian running backs, but mm-hmm. they're both back with the team. That's pretty big. That That's big. I mean, they also kept Don Jackson. So, I mean, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen in that backfield. Uh, but when Thomas Erlington or Irons are in there, it gives them another, another position where they can put an American in, maybe mm-hmm. rotate receivers in and out and stuff like that so it just gives them that added flexibility i guess we should just go to toronto who also had a pretty good free agency i would say yeah um, six years ago <laughs> yeah. jagarrett davis is with toronto hey there has not been a gray cup without jagarrett davis since 2015 that's that's also fair <laughs> he has so... been in the gray cup game every year he's been in the league that's crazy. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's 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 Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, that. incredible, incredible. Brandon Banks is now a member of the Double Blue, and so mm-hmm. is Andrew Harris. Hey, couple guys that are gonna come into twenty twenty two with chips on their shoulders. Are they gonna be? Are they gonna be worth it? They, there's some. So Brandon Banks, 2021 was not kind to him. He was the reigning MOP going into the year, and we never really got to see the Banks that we grew accustomed to, did we? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure the year off did not help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't think he lost a step or anything like that. I just don't think he was the first option anymore. That that Hamilton offense was just full of weapons. Um, the one thing, though, that if he isn't getting what he thinks is a fair shot, he just turns into a, a, a drama queen on the sidelines. Um, and that just excites me for him going to uh, Toronto because it seems like the sideline is always in disarray uh, with Dinwiddie running the show. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun for, for 18 games. Brandon Banks, 34 years old. Andrew Harris turns 35 in April. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that... that and he needs to, to get a couple more paychecks because he's going to owe some money. <laughs> the way it ended in Hamilton, or sorry, Winnipeg, Yeah, it, it kind of seemed like... Bomber management was not impressed with the yeah. way he showed up 
to training camp. Didn't seem like he was in the best shape, and maybe that contributed to his injury issues throughout last year. De- definitely uh, didn't help. Of course, he he says he was having some personal turmoil and hmm. the, the pandemic, so he didn't come into 2021 as focused as uh, maybe we've come accustomed to from number 33. He's also what, what 35. Andrew, yeah. Uh, what Andrew Harris are we going to get in Toronto? I I don't know. Um, if it's Andrew Harris we've had the last two years, he, he's not playing eighteen games. So you better yeah. have you yeah. better have a plan in place uh, where he's on the sixth game because I just don't see it happening. But if you're Winnipeg, uh, why 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 would you resign him? You've got your two Grey Cups. You've got backups who are doing who can do the job and stay healthy. Like, I, see you later. This whole dog and pony crying show—it's like lost on me because I know he's full of crap. Yeah, when it came to business, Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine got the job yep. done while Andrew Harris was out, and he came back for the playoff run and got it done. But yeah. uh, Oliveira and Augustine, Canadian backfield, still pretty strong in Winnipeg, yeah. and. Behind, combined behind that offensive line, I mean, you, you don't need Andrew Harris back there. Combined salary it. might be the same as Harris, or even a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and which gives you that added flexibility to make, of all people, Zach Claros the highest paid player in the league. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Toronto continues to be Calgary East. Deshaun mm-hmm. Amos added to the second added to the secondary. Winton McManus coming back from the NFL linebacker joining the Argos. Mm-hmm. Markeith Ambles, receiver, joining the Argos, former Stampeder. And why not? I mean, with as as good as uh, players yep. Calgary has found over the last little while, why wouldn't Toronto take advantage of that? All right, if you can let other teams do your scouting for you. Yeah, you can can cut a lot of cost. (laughs) The Bengals made to the Super Bowl with only six scouts. So, I mean, it's been proven you don't have to scout. (laughs) Practice under a freeway overpass, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Just copy uh, John Huffnagel's homework and you'll be good to go. (laughs) Yeah, just sit next to him in in algebra and you're fine. (laughs) And we uh, bring in. If you, sit Adrian... next to, if you sit next to Chris Jones, you're going to fail, though, because <laughs> it's never the numbers are never going to add up. <laughs> they bring in Adrian Tracy, who had a couple nice seasons with Hamilton in the past, and quarterback Chad Kelly, drafted in the seventh round by the Broncos. Uh, Denver Broncos in uh, 2017, and he did play uh, college football at Clemson and Ole Miss. I'm sure you've got some sort of uh, college football opinion of him. He's an SEC quarterback. I, I mean, can't go wrong there. See, and like even, things are looking up for the Argos. Even even Tim Tebow won a playoff game. <laughs> As for the Riders. You know, relatively quiet in free agency. It was more about the players they've lost in Ed Ganey mm-hmm. and Luches Purifoy. Uh, Woodard on the defensive line released to see what he's got going in the NFL. But that linebacking core in Saskatchewan, 
Derek Moncrief oh. returning to Regina, and Darnell Sankey, the CFL's leading tackler in 2021 with Calgary, is going to be wearing green and white in 2022. Yeah. And I think, you know, having Moncrief and Sankey uh, there, you know, can kind of cover up some issues, maybe, if teams aren't going to be picking on the secondary, which I don't know why you wouldn't with the losses they've had. Uh, you know, maybe they're able to to put some pressure um, on on, a, on opposing quarterbacks, and and you know, I w- these are guys I don't want to run against. I don't want to cut across the middle against. Like we talk about the, that defensive tackle spot in Hamilton. I mean, the linebacker spot in Saskatchewan is pretty dangerous too. Well, they've still got Larry Dean, and they still have yeah. Micah Tights. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they're going to work that out, and I know that a lot any, of Ryder any fans, offensive line signings to like you know that are relevant. Other than like, I mean, Josiah St. John isn't that big of a deal, is it? That's exactly what I was going to bring up. A lot of Ryder fans worried about the offensive line. Uh, Still worried. The, the old line market, like I said, wasn't that good this off season, but. Taron Vaughn had last year off because of the shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's going to be back in 2022, so that's almost like a, an, a, an addition from within. Uh, he's still only 27 years old. Uh, they made the deal with Ottawa to bring Natai Rogers over, six foot five, 305 pounds. So there's a bit of an addition there, and I, I truly think. That maybe they thought the the young Canadians, other than Dan Clark, he's not he's Canadian, not yeah. not so young anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the interior, of the offensive line with Logan Furland and a- Evan Johnson. Evan Johnson, two hundred ninety pounds. I'm sure they said, "Hey, uh, maybe put on some weight this off season." Logan Furland, uh, hey, now you've had a full season against CFL competition. Yep. Now you know what it's like. This is not junior football anymore. I think that they're they're going to be okay with those guys going into twenty twenty two. And they all those guys have to take a step forward. I well, think he's that's... twenty. Furland was twenty four years old only. He turns twenty five right. in in April. Right, like they they have to take a step this year. They have to be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they're not, and it's the same old, same yeah. old, then I mean things are going to have to change. And you say that the O line market wasn't that good. Well, Ottawa brought in four guys. They did. They did. I mean, the the market was there if that was a need for your team, and there was two teams that came to mind real quick as to who needed O line help, and one of them did nothing. Evan Johnson only turns twenty eight in uh, mm-hmm. in August, so. I- I think that they want to see if these guys, yeah, they do need to be better yeah. and they do need to take the next step this year. And I think that's what they want to do, which is kind of a yeah. different and approach. It also makes it also makes fiscal sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you need those guys to be, you know, cheaper and yeah. take that step forward if you're going to pay Duke that money. And, and I'm sure yeah. Moncrief and Sankey didn't come cheap like – I mean, you're going to need guys to perform, and and you're hosting. You're going to need guys to perform because it's kind of a one-shot deal. That's what I was going to bring up here, hosting the Grey Cup, kind of a different approach than we saw from the Riders Mm -hmm. in 2013 when they uh, sold the farm. And, yeah, they've paid for it after that for a few seasons. 
and I'd do it again. Yeah, yeah. If 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 it pays off, then it's yeah. worth it. <laughs> if it doesn't, oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not it's like worth it's it like. At all. It's like CHL teams selling the farm and mortgaging their future when they host, and then they get knocked out in the first round of their league's playoffs, and they sit for six weeks waiting for the Memorial Cup and then go over. Yep, exactly, exactly. Calgary Stampeders, another team that was quite quiet. Uh, They bring in Canadian defensive back Eli Buka from the Riders. Uh, they they extend Raheem Wilson and Sean Lemon. They bring in Canadian linebacker DJ LaLama and wide receiver Jordan Williams Lambert. So Where they, does Lemon were... go at the deadline? <laughs> good question. He you know what? He had a good year with Calgary last year when Edmonton just kind of mm-hmm. sent him packing. I, I kind of wondered if he was going to leave Calgary, so that was b- big to bring him in, but it's not like Huffnagel like he had to uh, he had to make things happen to keep the core of that team together, whether it came yeah. to restructuring Bo and uh, being able to keep Kamar Jordan and also Reggie Bagleton. And then you add Jordan Williams-Lambert to that mix. They've mm-hmm. got three big targets and big receivers for yeah. the quarterbacks to hit and defensive backs to deal with. Right, and that's not going to be fun. For DBs or, you know, the the linebackers that have to cover crossing routes in the middle of the field. Like, if those get – the only way you're going to stop them, it, you're going to have to take penalties. Like, yeah. there's no reason that these guys shouldn't be able to get position on almost every DB in the league. Yeah, so uh, and Calgary's just got to hope that they start the season with a uh, healthy quarterback. and Yeah, I think that's the uh, biggest – that's yeah. the biggest thing in Calgary is that Bo has to be healthy to start the year and throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. Montreal didn't make very many moves either. They did bring in Canadian receiver from Calgary, Herji Mayala, Winnipeg defensive back Mike Jones, although uh, Montreal's defense did seem to take a bit of a hit in mm-hmm. free agency. Uh, we'll see how they recover from that as the season goes on. They bring in defensive lineman Avery Ellis, but the one that surprised me, Ty, quarterback Trevor Harris, kind of yep. the the free agent quarterback that was getting a, you know a little bit of buzz in free agency. Montreal cut him, so they didn't have to give him the six figure signing bonus, and Woo. then they bring him back. Yep. <laughs> wow, way way to make it look like that you really like the guy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you're Harris and. Who knows what went on? Maybe he didn't really have many serious offers, and he just said, well, okay, back to Montreal I go. Well, like if he wants to be a starter, there's not a lot of options around the league either. I mean, Ottawa, Yeah, uh, you're also up against Jeremiah Mazzoli uh, as as a starting quarterback. I mean, Montreal pretty much set in stone Vernon Adams. So like, like so, BC and and Ottawa really the only options, and I think he looked at it, and maybe, maybe he didn't get a lot of offers, or the offers he got was to be a backup. He's like, well, if I'm going to be a backup, might as well be a backup here. Well, and let's talk about the BC Lions, who I think make a very bold mm-hmm. move. Uh, they did bring in backup quarterback Isaac Harker from the Rough Riders, but. They bring in Canadian quarterback Michael O'Connor 
And it looks like they're going to have a one-two punch. Canadian quarterbacks, Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor. That, of course. <laughs> now imagine if that mattered. Yeah. To yeah. the ratio. And I'm sure Neely hates both those guys because they're Canadian. But, I mean, I think <laughs> Rourke showed last year that, you know, he he can do something. Uh, in this league for sure and and a full training camp as the number one uh, is not going to hurt that at all michael o'connor is uh he would be comfortable in bc he won a vanier cup with Mm -hmm. the ubc thunderbirds so back in british columbia and who i think it probably would have been ideal for them if they were able to keep michael riley for one more year and have nathan rourke back him up but one thing that I really didn't put into account is that Nathan Rourke basically got all of the first team reps in 2021. Yeah. Riley just didn't really get to play. Didn't... Yeah, so he was preparing like a starter, playing with the ones all yeah. year. So last year will be pretty big to his development. And the mm-hmm. way the season started with him getting thrown into the wolves at a full mosaic stadium, you know, finding over three... betters. <laughs> yeah. Three minutes before game time. All right, buddy, you're in. And it, it did start pretty rough. It yep. did. But the second half of that football game, he yeah. looked like he could belong in the CFL. Yep. 100%. I'm, I'm glad that the, I think it's cool that the lions are making this move. I just hope it works out. Of course. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I I don't think that they could afford to bring Michael Riley back just because you can't go another year of being in limbo. Yeah. You know, you have new ownership. Uh it it's time to to make that step to where you become competitive again. Uh you know, and whether or not they are competitive is yet to, is hard to say with, you know, basically a rookie quarterback. Um but, I mean, the only way he's going to get better is reps. And if you have Michael Riley there, yeah, he's only going to get those practice reps because if Riley can play, he's going to play. Uh, you know, it, it just it makes it so that the year is a throwaway year again if you're paying a guy 750 k The Lions rebuilding their defense, bringing in Luches Purifoy back to the den. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they're rebuilding the defensive line again. And they did this last year and it, early in the season, it seemed like it was going all right. But then as, as the year went on, the defensive line play kind of fell off, but they, they bring in a couple Canadians and David Menard and Matthew Betts. Uh, they bring in the stove, Steven Richardson at defensive tackle from Winnipeg, Woody Barron, Ivan McLennan. So instead of going with the, no CFL experience at defensive line. They're bringing Which in some works, guys. worked out so well before. <laughs> They're bringing in guys with experience this time around. We'll see if that mm-hmm. works out for them. But now that they've brought in also defensive back Delvin Bro, they got a they got a decent group yeah. in the back end in BC, yeah. including TJ Lee, Gary Peters, of course, Purifoy, and Marcus Sales. They might be a fun group to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll take time for that defensive line to, to get going, just as a new group. It won't take them long, you know, with all the experience that they do have. Uh, but I think they they know that, or well, maybe it's hard, I shouldn't say no. Their experience the last couple of years has been 
far below even mediocre defensive line play. Yeah. And and the the secondary wasn't wasn't their strong suit on defense either. Uh so they really added to that to that defensive secondary and, and brought in guys on the defensive line that have experience and have played lots. Uh and you know, it's uh, I, I see this defense gelling a hell of a lot quicker than it did in the last couple of years and being way better than it was. Yeah, I think Ryan Phillips is going to have a fun time coaching those mm-hmm. guys. And, uh, and I mean, Purefoy doesn't even need to be coached. Just throw yeah. him out there and <laughs> tell him which guy to cover, and, and you're good. Same Don't with usually, Bro, really. Yeah, yeah. Don't usually mention kickers, but mm. that Sean White is a big addition for the Lions. Yep. They did not do well. In not a lot of teams ki- did. Kicking was not, and we're seeing this in both pro football yep. leagues. Like, you know what I don't get? It's like, yeah, we that? had a year off, and and all that stuff, and everybody had to isolate him. You can go and kick by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you can still do you that. Can. Yeah. <laughs> Sean White, he was born in White Rock. Spent the last several years with Edmonton, so I'm sure he'll be, he'll have fun mm-hmm. playing for the Lions, and he'll add some consistency there because they tried to go global at that position, did not work, no, at all. <laughs> let's let's be honest, uh, that wasn't the only reason they were losing football games, but it no. sure as hell didn't help. Absolutely, uh, and a pretty cool note off the field in BC, they have hired the first full time female. Coaching member, uh, mm-hmm. Tanya Walter, a defensive assistant from Forest Forestburg, Alberta. Uh, she started football in 2013 in the Western Women's Canadian Football League with the Edmonton Storm, uh, represented Team Alberta, Team Canada, and won a silver medal at the IFAF Women's World Championship in 2017. She's going to be on the coaching staff mm-hmm. for the BC Lions, and that's cool to see, man. Yeah, and, and I mean, she's coached high school uh, you know, has played the game at the highest level that she could. Uh, you know, there's I I see no issues with this. I mean, if if you, know, you don't necessarily have to play uh, in the same league that you're coaching. I mean, we see it all the time nah, uh, nah. in other professional sports where you know, just even just college coaches are getting chances they never played in the NFL and stuff like that. Um, you know, and it just shows that you know this it, it makes the game way more inclusive. And just some quick notes on the champs, two-time champs, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mentioned that they kept Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine. They've re-signed safety Brandon Alexander for a couple of years. He uh, has had surgery in the offseason, I think on his knee, so he's going to miss a good chunk of the season. They've re-signed DB Dietrich Nichols, Taekwon Glass. They bring him in as another veteran DB. And they've signed receiver Greg Ellingson, losing Kenny Lawler, losing Darvin Adams. They bring in Greg Ellingson. Obviously, they're they're going to want to hope to have some better uh, production from him that he had in Edmonton last year. But before last year, one, two, three, four, five consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, and he did play with Zach Kalaros back when they were both tie cats 2013-2014 in that area. And they also do bring in quarterback Dakota Prukop. Spent time as a backup with Edmonton 
with uh, Toronto as well. This episode of Two and Out brought to you by the Edmonton Public School Division. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to an Edmonton Public Schools virtual open house. Ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs and find the one that feels right. All from the comfort of home. Find virtual event dates and learn how to make the most out of your online visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. All right, Ty, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with the next episode of Two and Out. And right now we're in combine season. So throughout well, that's March. usually in the fall, but. <laughs> There's going to be uh, regional combines in Ontario and Quebec, and the Western ones are happening as well. And then there's the CFL combine happening March 25th to 27th in Toronto. And I guess just another note on the calendar the CFL draft is happening May 3rd, just over two months away. And then basically training camp shortly after that. We don't mm-hmm. have very much longer to go to be talking about real football again. No, and, you know, it'll be, uh, what is it, training or spring training was supposed to start, you know, oh, in a couple yeah. weeks, and that's not happening. So it's nice that there is uh, going to be, and I'm sure, you know, that, or that sorry that there's going to be you know just CFL kind of pumping out stuff, kind of staying relevant, um, and you know if this if they can stream the combine again, I mean I don't see why uh, they wouldn't. Uh, just puts more eyes on it. Is there going to be a baseball season this year, Ty? Oh, don't get me started. Is that a no? <laughs> there will be, but you know it's just. Petty games or bil- something. <laughs> petty petty billionaires fighting petty millionaires and just it's a bitch fest back and forth. So I feel so bad for them. So bad. Oh yeah. I mean Juan Soto turning down three hundred and fifty million dollars and I'm supposed to think that's a good idea. <laughs> I will do this show for one percent of that. <laughs> I'm no, I'm not paying you. <laughs> Hey, now you can rate podcasts on Spotify. So uh, throw five stars our way and throw us a rating on whatever uh, podcatcher you use to listen to Two and Out. Can we start a GoFundMe? I, I, I think it would be fully legal. I think we'd see the money. <laughs> oh yeah, we wouldn't need a surety to go to bat for us. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. It's so much more fun, though, if we talk about it. <laughs> talk to you in a couple weeks on 2 and Out. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.